You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Keeping Up with the Krakens, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is your host, Tyler Bell, coming at you live from uh, the Rocky Mountains in Alberta, Canada. And once again, I'm joined by my awesome friend here, Josh Deming. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing good, man. It's it's hockey season. Did my Timmy's picks this morning. It, fe- it feels good. I'm excited to watch some puck tonight. Yeah, it almost feels like Christmas morning, and it's not because there's snow on the ground out here, and it's not because it's minus eight. It's because hockey is back, and it's just a wonderful time of year, isn't it? Yep, absolutely is. I'm, I'm excited, especially with the, the uh, and I know we're going to get into it, but the uh, the battle of the two expansion teams. I mean, what what a what a perfect way to, to kickstart Seattle's uh, uh, basically season. I mean, playing against the last team to do it, I think is a very cool little thing the NHL did there. Oh, yeah. I think that's like the best way to kick off a season tonight is having the last two expansion teams face off. And, you know, now that we have full crowds back, too, I think it's going to bring a huge playoff atmosphere to game one. I know the fans have been hungry to watch teams uh, back in the buildings again. So the fact that we have the last two expansion teams going going off against each other tonight is going to create some sparks in the air, I think. Absolutely. I think it's gonna be a good game too. That's that's I mean, that's the main thing. I mean, I'm excited to see how they go. The hype of Seattle playing their first NHL game. And then I guess Vegas is gonna try to put them in their place saying, hey, we're, we're, we're still relevant. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, looking at some things to expect from game one here. Uh, I'd really like to see Seattle kind of establish their identity tonight. Um you know, this team is really built like a blue-collared, hard-working, very defensive-style team. So I really expect to, to see that come out tonight, especially Game 1, really get uh, get inside the groove of, of the way they want to play their games this year. So I'm definitely expecting them uh, to come out battling hard. Vegas is a very tough team, so it's, it's a great measuring stick to see where they're at right away. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of go from there and, and tons of excitement to watch him. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see if the defensive shape of uh, this team is going to be on, on show tonight because obviously like we talked about many times here, the, the goalkeeping, the, uh, the defenders, they're, they're just the highlight and the, the strength of this team, but there's still an offense core there that could do some damage. I'm just curious to see if they're going to play that nitty-gritty type of, of defensive hockey or if we're going to see... Uh, 
uh, a few players, I guess, having the confidence and and really going at the uh, the Vegas team. But I mean, like you said, Vegas is a tough team, so there's probably a specific game plan that they're going to follow, and I'm assuming it might be a little bit geared toward the defensive side. Yeah, I'm thinking so too, especially against a team like Vegas. They have a lot of offense up front, and you're going to have to find a way to shut that down. And you know they're going to be flying game one. Uh, that Vegas building is probably one of the loudest buildings across the NHL. <laughs> Those fans are crazy there. So I think if you hold them off in the first 10 minutes of the first period, um, you're probably looking pretty good going forward. They could kind of settle into their game a bit. Um, and then once they do that, I would expect uh, to see some pushback from from Seattle and and really be able to produce some offense too in this game. Absolutely, and that uh, and that front that first line, I think I'm gonna have a real eye because if there is gonna be some some fun flowing um, attacking hockey, I think that first line is gonna have a real real shout at it. And uh, I mean, they got some a little little rewarded too for for their uh, their actions with uh, a little bit of a lettering. Yeah, they did. There's some big news. Uh, Mark Giordano was named captain of Seattle. So he becomes the very first captain in franchise history. And I think you called this one, Josh, uh, earlier in our podcast, that if there was somebody named captain, uh, it was going to be Mark Giordano. Yeah, I am a little surprised. Um, I don't think it's the wrong decision. I mean, he's done it for years in Calgary. He is I'm assuming going to be the biggest leader on this team. He's really embraced the organization already. I have no issues with it. It's obviously going to be a short-term captaincy because of his age. That just is what it is. That's why I kind of thought they might go the Vegas route and uh, name, say, four assistant captains. But no, they I mean, they did still name four assistant captains, but they have Mark as captain. I don't think anyone else in the organization will have an issue with it, just given his pedigree. Yeah, no, I think he was the obvious choice, and he leads off and on the ice. Uh, he has since day one of the expansion, you know, in there and answering questions in the public and being the spokesperson for this team. And he comes in with uh, this would be his eighth year now as captain. Uh, you know, he spent the last seven years previously as Calgary's captain, so he brings a lot of those leadership qualities. Uh, he's been around the game for a long time and it speaks to, you know, what kind of leader he is. This is a guy that went undrafted in the NHL and made his way up into uh, the lineup in Calgary and has produced some big seasons and of course won a Norris trophy. So he's a great, he's a great leader for sure. I think my biggest question mark is he's on a one year deal right now, Josh, what, what do you expect going forward? Is this a situation where you see him extended for at least another season, maybe a two-year extension? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, I think so. Uh, I don't think he's done in the NHL quite yet. I know I think he's taking very, very good care of his body. I think he could go at least one, two more seasons. And the fact that he was just given the captaincy, I'm sure there's talks that potentially are already going on behind the scenes. Because, uh, again, like I, 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 I've told myself, I'm like, if he gets the A, I think that means that maybe he's got this season potentially another if he gets the c i could see him potentially wearing it till he's 40 and then whatever happens there happens there because he's he's still like i said someone who can do it i think the next couple years as well will show kind of where he's at his body's at and how many more seasons in the nhl he wants to give but i think it's for for marciano's immediate nhl future getting the captain is a good thing because it makes me think that he's going to be playing probably on this team for at least two three years yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all if, if sometime soon we do see an extension put in place where he is signed to at least another year, possibly two-year extension. 
it just makes sense after naming him captain, right? You're, they're not going to be looking to trade this guy at the deadline. Uh, it would just be a weird move if, if something like that were to happen after naming him captain. Um, but yeah, we also have some alternates that have been named as well. So those include uh, Yanni Gord, Jordan Eberle, Jaden Schwartz, and Adam Larson. Thoughts on those guys being named alternates? Well, I, I almost called everything. I, I assumed there was going to be a captain and then three assistants, and I thought it was going to be Giordano if there was a captain. I predicted uh, Larson, I predicted Eberly, and then I went outside the box and I did put Schwartz. I, I thought that's what was gonna, who was going to be, and I guess I was right. I didn't put Yanni Gord. I mean, I didn't get a, didn't get myself that fifth pick, but regardless, they were the they were literally the four players I picked. And I mean, Yanni Gord's an absolute beauty. I'm excited to have him back on. So I'm very happy with. Um, with the captains, I thought maybe Tanev was going to get an A. He, he for me, if there was a, a fifth, I even honestly thought he potentially could have got it in, in front of Schwartz or uh, in front of Gord, but it, it, I mean, it is what it is. I think the, these these players are all leaders in their own own way, and, and in my eyes, they're, they're the real leaders on the ice in terms of probably goal scoring slash like producing. Like Tanev, I thought, would have got Ooh. the A because he's a character player. Uh, which you see a lot of those kind of guys get the A's. But uh, yeah, I mean, these are all the top guns on this Seattle team in my eyes. Yeah, and yeah, you make a good point there. And it's interesting too, because all these guys are signed to the longest deals of any Seattle player. You take a look at uh, some of the deals that have just been signed. They're all signed long-term, these alternate captains. Uh, so it makes sense that they picked these guys because they're expecting them to lead this team going forward uh, for a few years at, at least, right? Yeah, and I and I and that's another great point, and, and I and I do lo- like that. These are the core of the most talented and and long long serving players that you're going to have in this organization. So it's it's great to reward them with with the A, and it gives I mean honestly it gives these five players a little boost. And if you want to give a player a little bit boost, why not you know give it to your best guys, your leaders. Yeah, yeah, great point. And one thing I was going to add too is I, I kind of wanted to get your opinion on something here, Josh. Um, so I'm just thinking if, you know, we're three years down the road from here, uh, Giordano retires, out of these alternate captains, who do you think would be the best fit to be the next captain? I know it's early. But I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. See who would make the best captain, in your opinion, out of these alternates. I think Adam Larson's got a real shout. Uh, I think his age will be pretty good still at that time. He can still wear the C for quite a while. I don't think he's going to get, get flipped. I think he's going to be a, re- a real heart. Um, different, obviously, different type of, of defender than the defenseman that we're going to see in Giordano, a little bit more shutdown. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I like to find at least a lot of the guys I've played with growing up, those shut down defensemen, they're vocal. They're leaders in their own own, own kind of way. Uh, I I know Eberly and Schwartz and Gord. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're the type who would get the, the C. I mean, they all scream out as assistant captains to me. I don't know if anyone's ready to take that type of responsibility. None of them have really done it before, but... I would lean towards Larson, but um, I think the next few years, depending on how invested I see these players get into the organization, any of them honestly could have a shout. Yeah, yeah, very true. I I like your pick on Adam Larson there and how you said, you know, those shutdown defenders, they do, they lead by example, they're very vocal. I think uh, Adam Larson would be a great pick for it. If I had to choose personally, I think I would, I would 
lean towards Adam Larson the most, but my second next would be Jaden Schwartz. Jaden Schwartz. Uh, yeah, he's a guy who in junior wore the C. Uh, I believe he even wore the C for Canada and the World Juniors as well. Uh, so he does bring quite a bit of leadership uh, to his game and, and leads by example by the way he plays. So if I had to give it to one of those forwards, I would probably lean towards Jaden Schwartz. Yep, and, and I agree. And like we've touched on him. Um, I mean, I've talked so highly about him. I, I think, like I said, the word rejuvenation comes to mind and I think that's exactly what you're going to see this year out of him I think he want he is where he wants to be he came he signed that contract he's already I mean getting an alternate captain I mean yeah that's it's, it is an absolutely great shout and like I said when it given the next couple of years seeing how maybe more connected he comes with the fan base with the organization the likelihood is is there that he could take it on and and uh yeah some great points you made about him previously wearing the C and some pretty uh pretty important teams over his his young career yeah, yeah. So, so we're gonna move on to some uh, some tougher news here. Unfortunately, yesterday Seattle was hit with uh, some some bad news regarding COVID. So, some players have been put on the COVID protocol list. Uh, it's gonna make it pretty difficult for tonight's game. Um, so, those players were Donskoy. So, you got Jonas Donskoy, Jamie Alexiak, Jared McCann, and Marcus Johansson all added on to the COVID protocol list where Callie Yarncroft still currently has been sitting since Friday. So some tough news, some tough, tough news, Josh. Uh, give me your thoughts on that. It's horrible news, horrible news going into the, uh, to the first game of the season, your first ever game of the season. I mean, it's not only bad for the team because you just took a fat core from the, uh, from the forwards, but it's also, it's, it sucks for them. This is going to be a huge moment that this these players would love to have been a part of. The first ever game Seattle Kraken will ever play. And like we said, in that that narrative that it's the last expansion team versus the, first, the newest expansion team, it's going to be fun. And the fact that this happened now, and, and the one player that really stands out to me is Jared McCann because I've really liked what he's done during preseason. In my eyes, he's that first-line center right now with uh, Eberle and Schwartz. And, and now you have a very depleted I mean, the, the entire offense basically right now is entirely depleted because you pretty much plucked a player from every line, which is going to make things very, very difficult going into that Vegas game, which which sucks. But uh, it's it's still up in the air. We don't know exactly who's going to play, who's not going to play, but it's not good news you want right before uh, puck drop. No, it's it's terrible news to be honest, Josh. <laughs> it, it sucks, and and you made a good point, like. These players want to be part of history tonight and be able to step up or step out on the ice against Vegas and, you know, be a part of the very first Seattle Kraken game ever. Um, so the fact that this happened the day before uh, the, the opener, just a huge blow, right? And like you said, we don't know exactly what's going to happen yet. Uh, they could get some positive or some negative tests come back. I, I believe they need two in a row in order to get back. So um, we'll see kind of what uh, today brings later on today. But it isn't looking the most optimistic considering Cal Yarncrock has been on the COVID protocol since Friday. So that's about, you know, five days now. So... Yeah, it's gonna make it's gonna make the game a lot more tougher against Vegas. So you're gonna need to get some players to really step up offensively and you know make something happen out there. Obviously, looking at projected lines, you know Wenberg is definitely gonna get moved into that top line center position. Uh, you'll probably see Morgan Geeky get a good crack in the top six as well. 
And then another guy who they managed to pick up off of waivers uh, claimed by claimed from Tampa Bay, Alex Barry Boulet. So if you're not familiar with this player, he's 24 years old. He's a centerman. Uh, he's been in the Tampa Bay system. Another guy who is undrafted, but has put up some pretty good offensive numbers in junior and the AHL. So he did uh, back in the 2017-2018 season for Blainsville out of the QMJHL. Put up 116 points in 65 games. Was named the CHL Player of the Year, uh, which is a, a huge honor. And then the next season he gets signed, goes into Syracuse Crunch of the AHL. So that's Tampa Bay's farm team. And he has a massive year as a rookie, puts up 68 points in 74 games, and is also named the AHL Rookie of the Year. So this is a guy who I think a lot of teams would have liked to pick up. And luckily Seattle... Uh, was able to do that, you know, being being close on the waiver wire there, being one of the first teams to to have that opportunity. So this is an interesting pickup because now there might be a really big opportunity for him to step into the lineup tonight and get a shot with the team right away. So yeah, just want to get your thoughts on that too. I think this is an incredible, incredible pickup. I mean, in the the numbers he put up in junior, and the thing that when I'm looking at at the statistics of this of this kid is consistency is what goes to mind. If you look over his numbers through junior, they're they're incredible, but they're consistent. He's a point a game over a point a game pretty much every season he played. And that last one with 160 points in 65 games is absolutely ridiculous. But not only that, he then goes to the AHL and like you said, put up, puts up 68 in 74, 56 in 60, and then 12 in 10. He produces at, at every level right now. He's only played 15 NHL games for Tampa. And I mean, that's a very deep core as well. This seems like a match made in heaven of the player who's clearly got incredible Goal scoring ability, point get, getting ability is now going to go into a Seattle lineup, like you said, right away. Who, because of this COVID issue, which is going to be an issue throughout the season, he's got an opportunity to come in and, and maybe make some magic. But if, if you're Seattle, if you're every, any other team in the NHL seeing this these stats going by, he's a risk willing to take. And I'm excited and I hope he does start the, uh, the opener and, th- and potentially show why he has been putting up these kind of numbers. Yeah, you make great points there. This guy's an unbelievable pickup. And to get him for free, too, is just icing on top of the cake, right? Um, And like you said, he was part of Tampa Bay's system. And I I just don't think there was any room for this guy going up and, and getting a real opportunity in the NHL. And that's essentially what he needs. He needs to get NHL games under his belt and just show his offensive capabilities, uh, you know, in a in a bigger role in the NHL. He only did get the 15 games uh, for Tampa Bay. Didn't get much for time on ice, but still produced a few goals doing it. So really exciting to have this kid join. And, you know, he's going to bring a lot of offense to his game. He kind of reminds me of Yanni Gord's game in a way. A smaller guy, tenacious, high offensive upside. So the fact that we get to possibly see him play tonight is pretty exciting. Yeah, and and again, just I just can't get over the stats on this kid. Uh, they're they're really incredible. This is, this isn't exciting. I know he's 24, so it's not like he's he's a young kid, which I think can help his game a little bit more. That that he does have a little bit of age towards his side. Still very young, technically pretty raw when it comes to to the NHL. But when you see someone producing like this at all levels, if he gets put in with the right players in the right system at the right time, which is looking like tonight is the 
perfect opportunity. You don't know what to expect. This kid could pull a Kaprizov, for example, another another player who just had everything to prove and and there wasn't like a, a lot of expectations, I guess. Uh, and we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But I do think this is a perfect little pickup for not only the player, but also for Seattle. Yeah, I'd love to see him get an opportunity, at least in the top nine, uh, to show some of that offense and, you know, throw this kid on the power play, right? Like, if he's putting up crazy numbers wherever he plays. Uh, he's obviously got a lot of good offensive instincts and brings a lot of that to his game. So why not throw this guy on the power play, especially now that, you know, Yarncroc is out, Don Scoy potentially, McCann, even Neil Hansen was getting some time on the power play. So there's there's definitely some opportunity here. Uh, get this guy into some offensive roles, put the right guys beside him on his wing, and I think you're going to see some some producing out of this guy, and, and he's going to put up some numbers. So uh, a bit of a silver lining, even though you know the COVID obviously sucks and we wish nothing but the best for those players, but this is a really good opportunity for uh, – Barry Boulay to to show what he's capable of doing in the NHL. Absolutely, and I do think he will get some power play minutes if he does if he does play, just because we we lost a lot of that uh, that uh, power play core, on that, especially on the second unit. So uh, the opportunity is there, and why not put someone who knows how to put the puck in the back of the net? Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last year zero tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily's Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, so moving on here, uh, we're going to move on to our segment called Around the NHL. So, Josh, we're going to touch on something. Um, you know, it's, it's very important to talk about. And the very first thing I, I want to touch on here is the news about Carey Price. Um, if you haven't heard yet, Price has checked himself into the NHL slash NHLPA's player assistance program. Um, so we kind of talked about how important mental health was a couple episodes back with Robin Leonard. Um, so to me, it's just really good to see Carey Price, you know, understanding that maybe he's dealing with some stuff right now and stepping away from the game is the right thing to do. And he's putting his mental health first. And, and we kind of talked about just how important that is. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a he's a player that that means so much to to Canadians and 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 obviously his his roots as well. I mean, he's always been a spokes spokesman. He's he's just been an all around good guy. And it was it was a shock to the NHL, a shock to everyone that he did this. But it's something that I I feel goes with his character that when he feels like he's struggling, he's not afraid to uh, to go out there and show maybe other players like he's one of the biggest names in the NHL and he's 
showing that I can, I'm doing this. I'm taking a step away from the game. I'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. what the boiling point was for him. We don't have all those details, but the fact that he, mm-hmm. he did it will show some younger players some other players around the world, around the league who are struggling that this is an option. They put it in for a purpose. And, and I, I mean, I, I wish Kerry all the best. I think he's an incredible, incredible goalie and an incredible person. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he, he recognized it. I hope he gets the help that he needs and hopefully we'll see him back between the pipes as soon as possible. Yeah, definitely. We wish nothing but the best for Kerry going forward. And, you know, it's always a big loss when a guy like that um, isn't playing NHL games. You know, he's an elite goalie, but, you know, kudos to him for stepping out and, you know, making sure that he's putting his mental health first because that's what's most important in life, right? Um, you know, he, he put his job aside and he's taking care of himself. And, I hope that really shows a lot of other players and even young fans too, just how important your mental health is and just get them aware of, of those situations. And it looks like he's gotten a lot of support from a lot of NHL players too. When you look through Twitter. So kudos to him. We wish nothing but the best for you, Carrie, get better. We'll see you back on the ice soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he, uh, and yeah, the support around, the NHL was was incredible, and and that's exactly what this program was meant to do. And the support, absolutely, I, I assume, means a lot to carry, and hopefully, again, be an eye opener for anyone who else is going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on here, we have some NHL signings to talk about. Uh, some eight year deals for uh, a few players here. So we'll start off with talking about uh, Alexander Barkov, who signed an eight year extension worth eighty million dollars. <laughs> Pretty big deal there, not going to lie. So, Josh, give me your thoughts on this deal. I mean, it's a lot of money, uh, but Barnikov is is an elite player. He's a point-of-game player. I mean, in the last few seasons, I mean, talking about putting up points and putting up points consistently, I mean, 78 points, 79 games, 96 and 82, 62 and 66, 58 and 50. This is a player I think that's you need to lock down. He's your captain. He's your he's your pretty much your focal point is everything that you want in this organization so and again i mean with the taxes and whatever in florida i mean it's a great deal for him <laughs> but i don't think florida's going too wrong locking this guy down long term and uh and yeah and I, i'm expecting a lot more from him to come too especially with florida looking like a decent team once again yeah yeah it definitely doesn't hurt being in the uh the sunshine <laughs> state where where taxes aren't uh too big deal right no. too big of a deal there so you know that's a bonus for Barkov. but yeah this guy he's a stud man he's one of the best centermen in the league best one of the best players in the league really and he's gonna earn all those dollars and he he deserves every penny of this deal this is a guy who brings it on the power play he kills penalties. He leads by example. He's one of the best shootout guys in the NHL. Uh, there's not much that this guy can't do. So it was a no-brainer for them to lock him up for another eight years. Obviously, that's the max term. They probably would have went longer if they could. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Barkoff is just such a good player. And he, he's got some of the nicest hands in the league, too. He's out there making dangles. You know, going through the legs on breakaways with guys, you know, checking him from behind and uh, he does it all. And and watching him too this last playoffs, like he, he was the one who got their team going. You know, they did lose in six games to Tampa, but it seemed every time uh, they had some momentum in the game, Barkoff was the one focal point creating uh, all that momentum. 
So yeah, definitely deserves this deal. He's an absolute stud. I think any team would want to have him as your top line center. Um, yeah, great deal for Barkov. Yeah, absolutely. And you made it like I mean, not only what he does on on the ice, but I mean, people forget how important those uh, those shootout points can be. I mean, a lot of games, not as much and not as often, but I mean, his three on three game is arguably just as good as when he's on, on on a shootout. But you put this man in front of goal, he's gonna put the puck in the back of the net, and those little points matter throughout the season. If you have someone that you send out there and you know that can get it done because he just got hands like almost no other it it, it mm-hmm. adds up those points will add up over the season and he adds just that much more to an already very well-rounded player and a leader as well yeah at, just an absolute stud all around and like you said florida is going to be a, such a dangerous team this year i i see them taking a deep run in playoffs the toughest thing is going to be getting out of their own division i think yeah. uh, just that top four in the atlantic is is crazy between them Tampa, Boston, and Toronto. Uh, so much talent. You can essentially put all those four teams in, in a top 10 around the league category-wise. They're, they're that good. I do have some question marks about Boston's goaltending, but uh, <laughs> we'll kind of see, you know, we'll kind of see how that plays out. But I definitely expect Florida to be a top five team in the NHL this year. Yep, I agree. All right, moving on to our second signing. Uh, Mika Zabinijad of the New York Rangers also signs an eight-year extension worth $68 million. Uh, that's an average annual value of $8.5 million per year. So another big, big contract for another top-line centerman. Uh, and we're familiar with this player a little because <laughs> we traded him away for Derek Broussard <laughs> and we gave them a second. So, Josh... <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? Yeah, um, one of the stupidest trades that uh, Ottawa has ever made. I mean, Zibanejad is a, it's just a stud, man. And he, he, to be fair, who knows what type of player he would have been if he stayed in Ottawa. But I can tell you the player that he's become since going to the Rangers. And it's just, again, a very consistent all-around weapon. I think his goal scoring in, increased. I think that his just all-around game increased. And if you look at, again, I mean, keep going, we keep throwing out stats of, of, of more consistent players, but this game is is, is coming a little bit better. His first couple of seasons, the Rangers weren't spectacular. They were probably similar uh, in terms of points as they were when he was at the centers. But his last three years, 74 points in 82 games, 75 points in 57 games with 41 goals that year and 50 points in, the, in 56 games. So, I mean, he, he clearly has found a spot that worked from him. An eight-year deal locks up a player who, who I've liked and enjoyed my entire life. I remember when he went back to score that uh, gold, gold medal winning goal. And yeah, I don't think you can go too wrong with uh, locking Zabinjad up, especially as he's in the form of his career right now. Yeah, I like how you bring up that that goal in overtime against Russia there <laughs> when uh, when he was on the Sweden World Juniors team because I went ballistic when I <laughs> when he scored that goal. That was an incredible moment for him, and I believe it was about forty years or so since Sweden had won a gold medal. So uh, just you know, talk about a huge goal to score. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was too bad that I, th- I think Ottawa really rushed his development. I think he was thrown into the NHL maybe a bit early. Um, they probably should have held him into the, the AHL for a season or two and let him really find his game and his confidence. Uh, but, you know, he gets moved over to New York. And like you said, he put up some all right numbers his first couple of years. And then you could just see the growth in his game. He just exploded offensively. And, you know, another guy who, who plays a lot of shorthanded minutes and, and power play and all around and 
yeah, just such a weapon out there. He's got an, a lethal shot. Every time you see him on a breakaway, he does a little fake and then likes to go backhand top cheese. Pretty <laughs> successful with that move. And then, you know, talk about that one moment against uh, against Washington there a couple years back where he scored five goals in, in a game, and that was incredible to watch. So New York's a powerhouse up front, and they have a lot of high elite offensive weapons. This guy's going to be playing with some really good players. And I think last year, too, he struggled with some injuries, and that may have hurt some of his numbers. Uh, but you, like you said, those stats you read off are insane. His last three years – uh, point over a point a game guy or a point a game guy uh, like he, this guy brings it so another great deal for New York and I think you know both parties are just ecstatic to be locked up for eight years here yeah another uh, little tick against the Senators organization but that's fine we move yeah we, we move on right the, the <laughs> get hurt so much but <laughs> i just just part of being a sense fan right yeah. you go through a lot of pain <laughs> all right but moving on to our third signing here uh this one just happened this morning uh kind of came out of nowhere again but uh montreal's top line centerman nick suzuki another young stud signs a huge eight-year extension worth seven seven point eight seven five per season comes out to sixty three million dollars uh so another huge deal josh and another top line centerman what's your thoughts on this one uh, and yeah and I, and I don't know like i mean with the, with the other guys that we talked about barkov being an elite one of the best centermen in the nhl zinabinajab taking massive massive strides finding his game uh this one is a little bit i'm, I'm not gonna say some bigger risk but I mean Nick Suzuki's really only had two seasons in the NHL where he put up in both seasons 41 points so he's well under that point a game player I know he brings more to his game than just producing points and and I get that but locking up on an eight-year deal for a good chunk of change I think it just puts a little bit more pressure on Nick Suzuki to take his game to the next level to justify a contract like this but uh yeah I don't know I'm not totally totally sold on it but again he's a young player Montreal feel like they got to do what they got to do they got the deal done and they're gonna hope where the other two are already established in my eyes but they're gonna hope Nick Suzuki can become a Zibinijad or a or a Barkov and take his game to the next level because I think he will need to yeah it's definitely more of a bigger risk I would say obviously Nick Suzuki has put up some really good numbers since he's been in that role uh, but again he hasn't shown it year in and year out because he's only gonna be entering his his what second full season in the nhl you know he got called up maybe his third full i could be messing that one up there um but yeah a guy who's he's only played a, a couple seasons in the nhl and he's getting a huge deal here so it's definitely a, a more riskier deal but it could be one where if this guy keeps producing the way he has and gets even more and more uh better offensively and rounds out his game a bit more um, then this deal is going to pay off huge. They got him locked in for eight years to it. Uh, and typically the type of money that you're going to give your top line centerman. So again, it's a bit more of a risk, but if it does pay off, it's going to pay off huge for them. Yep. Yeah, I agree. This one's, this one's more, the other deals in my eyes were, were good deals. This one's a little bit more wait and see and, and hope Nick Zuki does take that step. Yeah, exactly. So those are the signings. Uh, we got a bit more news to, to cover here. Uh, our goalie, Philip Grubauer, gets named to Team Germany. 
So I don't think this comes as any surprise <laughs> here, Josh. The guy's an absolute stud. We love Gru. And yeah, he gets named to Team Germany here. So your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, no, I'm not shocked by, by any stretch. No. I mean, if Germany are going to have any type of uh, any type of challenge in this tournament, it's going to come come a lot of it on his back, and uh, and he, I know he expects that. Uh, the fan base expects that, and this is just uh, yeah, this is just expected rather than news. But it's still excited for him, and uh, and I hope he does well. Just not against uh, Canada. Yeah, no, it would, be, it would be pretty cool to see Germany do well in this tournament tournament, and just maybe steal a game or two, uh, especially if it's Grubauer who's kind of stealing the game and just shutting the door. Because Germany is kind of developing and growing into a better team. I, I still think they're, you know, years away from being more of a challenge, a, a team that's going to challenge. But they have some nice pieces, obviously, Leon Dreisaitl, uh a top three player in the NHL right now. Uh, you got some young prospects coming in. Of course, Jimmy Stew, AKA Tim Stutzla, <laughs> uh, another dynamite player who's going to be coming up. Uh, you know, we, we've watched him a lot. Uh, you got Moritz Sider on the back end, uh, you know, in the Detroit system. So you got a lot of good pieces uh, coming up. Uh, you know, you could even throw in uh, JJ Paterka. Uh, you could throw in, uh, she was Chicago's pick. I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, 2020, I think he went 20th overall. Uh, Josh is on it. He's looking it up. We'll we'll look it up. We'll look it up. I can't I can't remember the name right off top of my head. Um, but it is going to be. Oh, he's not even listed. I Wait, I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up here <laughs> because. I'm drawing a blank, and I know he's an absolute great player. Yeah, and and the the pieces are there for Germany to compete, and obviously coming off of a very strong last Olympics. Now, I mean, take of that Olympics what you will, considering that we know that NHL players weren't 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 allowed to go there, and they obviously finished with a silver medal. I don't know if they're going to be expecting a similar task, <laughs> but uh, but like you said, I mean, it's going to be cool seeing Drysaddle and Stutzla and and these this young German core because they're definitely on the rise. And uh, they can definitely battle, especially if Drysaddle gets hot and good, good goaltending. It's exactly what you want for a tournament type of hockey. But looking at that Canadian team, that Russian team, that Swedish team, and the States, there's there's going to be a, there's going to be some real challenge. It's going to be a fun Olympics. Yeah, yeah, de- Germany's definitely on the outside looking in. Uh, that player was Lucas Reichel. So, Reichel. Yes. Yeah, I drew a blank there. My bad. This guy is going to be a stud too. So I I think when you're looking at Germany, if you look at the next Olympics four years from now, I think they're going to be able to compete a lot better. But seeing all these young guys maybe get a crack this year too will be pretty exciting. And I, like you said, uh, just having Olympics back and NHL players back in the Olympics, um, I cannot wait. It's going to be so exciting to watch. I agree. And especially like I think in, in that time, they'll be able to maybe – Get similar to like like a Czech, um, a, a tournament team that can always surprise. Doesn't matter at what level it is, World Juniors or World Championship, Olympics. That the Czech have always competed. And I think Germany's kind of on on progress to get there with some game changers, being Grubauer and of course uh, Drysaddle in, in four years' time, even Stutzla. So yeah, a lot of good things coming from German hockey. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on, there was a second player uh, from your Seattle Kraken that was named to their respective team. So that was Alexander True. 
uh, was named to Team Denmark. So this one did come uh, as a bit of a shock to me, Josh. Uh, I guess I'm just not as familiar with Alexander True's game other than uh, the bit we've seen in preseason. You know, he's a huge centerman, 6'5". Uh, but to see him get named to to Team Denmark here was pretty cool to see. And yeah, excited to see, you know, what he could bring to that that team. Obviously, you know, they're kind of in the same boat as Germany. They're going to be one of the weaker teams. Germany probably has a bit of an upper hand. Uh, just based on some elite players, uh, but seeing Alexander True get named to Team Denmark was was pretty cool, and we're definitely going to be cheering for him and uh, you know what he'll bring to Team Denmark. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I mean I don't know how it's surprising it is. I mean we know that I mean that that he's he's obviously new to the, the Kraken. I mean he's he's doesn't have the the most NHL experience, but when you look around the the Danish side, you see a lot of the players coming from Europe. Uh, so I, I feel like when they're scouting, they are going to maybe get torn a little bit between going from Europe or potentially the NHL, which is obviously the, the highest level you can play at. So I think true, just because he plays in the NHL, uh, whether, I mean, doesn't know how many games he's going to get for the Kraken, but because he's in the NHL, he's done it. I feel like that just gave him a, a real opportunity already out of the gate. Cause like I said, I mean, you see, you see different players coming from Switzerland, Sweden, Germany, Denmark, I mean, Austria, they're all over the place. So I think the fact that True is doing it in, in North America, I think is a good opportunity. And uh, yeah, we'll have to see how this Danish side will do. Uh, Franz Nielsen, a, a regular from Detroit, is going to be in this side. But um, And uh, of course, uh, Peter Regan, I don't know if a lot of you guys remember him. He's going to be captaining this side, playing back over in Switzerland. Uh, they're going to have a tough time. But uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool for True to, to, <laughs> to be there. And uh, we wish him the best. Yeah, Peter Regan, that's another name. It came yeah, out of the sense system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he scored some big goals uh, in the playoffs the one year against Pittsburgh. And then, you know, just kind of faded away from there. But yeah, yeah, another good uh, former NHL player who will definitely be part of that uh, team Denmark, a huge part of that team, uh, yeah. per se. Yeah. All right, cool. I think we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Tune in to next episode as we break down game one against Vegas and game two against Nashville, as well as preview games three and four versus Columbus and Philadelphia. So it should be exciting. We finally got some NHL hockey back, Josh. Super pumped. Go crack and go. We wish the, nothing but the best for them tonight, and we're going to be cheering them on the whole time, right? Absolutely, man. It's going to be fun. Let's go cracking. Let's go cracking, and we'll talk to all you crackheads later, okay? Everyone have a great day.